This is the Heartland Community Church Podcast. Today, Lead Pastor Eric Parks concludes the two-part series titled, This is Christmas? Well, listen, we're in this series, This is Christmas. It's just a two-part series before we jump into Christmas services next week. But I was thinking about Christmas, and um, I'm kind of a softy. I'm pretty nostalgic. Um, And uh, Christmas for our family, we have all of these little traditions that we've done over the years. So I was thumbing back through um, all my pictures, and I come across some of these pictures. These are pictures of my kids. This is Harrison, um, and we can't hardly keep that kid in clothes. You know, like, this is about as clothed as he gets. It doesn't matter if it's the middle of winter. I'm like, bro, you can't put on some clothes? He's like, I'm comfortable, you know? I feel like, whatever. Um, this is him, this is Graham. This is a few years earlier, so this is little Graham. This is, he's 17 now, but he was getting his lacrosse shorts and all broncoed up. And then this is even further back. This is like daily in Graham. And this was a Christmas where we had gone out down to the Navy Pier and they did this big Christmas celebration and we were there together. And you know, I was looking at this and I'm like, you know, Christmas for kids. Like when you see it through a kid's eyes, when you see Christmas through a kid's eyes, you just see things differently. They're filled with such imagination and curiosity and wonderment and joy. And so I was thinking, um, we need to do a little imagination work this morning. Now, I'm not going to ask you to share what I, this, we're going to do a little group exercise together. So you're not going to share with each other because you're not supposed to talk to each other. You know, like you can't get close. But you're just going to think this through our minds. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out some Christmas terms. And what I want you to do is just imagine that term. Like imagine what comes to mind when I say it. Some are religious terms. Some are just like tied to the season and become part of the narrative. Like this first one. Okay. Imagine, use your mind, what do you see when I say the word Santa Claus? Yeah, some of you see it, you know? I always was really upset whenever we would show up at Santa Claus and, uh, and they had the fake beard. Because even at six years old, I was like, I know that's not real. So it's always great when you run across like a Santa Claus that's super committed and has the big long beard and like is in it. So, okay, here's the second one. What comes to mind when I throw out this word? Elf. How many of you thought Will Ferrell? You my people, <laughs> my people. Okay, here's another one. Now this one, this one is, now we're getting into the story a little bit more. How about manger? Do you see the manger? See what it looks like in your mind? How about wise men? North Star. Here's one, and this phrase might surprise you, but what comes to your mind when I throw out the Christmas term evangelist? Some of you are like, that's not a Christmas term, dude. (laughs) In fact, when I threw that out there, my guess is that some of you instantly had like some sort of picture in your mind about an evangelist, and it certainly wasn't Christmas, right? Those two things seem like mutually exclusive. Evangelist, Eric, I thought you were gonna keep talking about all these Christmas, but evangelist actually is a Christmas term. 
And what you have in your mind about evangelists, which I'm guessing that some of you, like the minute I said evangelist, you sort of had this stereotypical, animated, extroverted, Bible-pounding type of person who gets super excited about talking about Jesus. And my guess is that lots of us, when we think about the word evangelist, we go, yep, not me. Not me. I don't do that. There's some of you who talk Bible stuff, but I don't talk like Jesus stuff. That's not my thing. You know, evangelism is a Christmas term because truthfully, there is no season better to have conversations about Jesus than Christmas. And yet, Oftentimes, like when we start to have a real conversation about like, hey, this is our roles as followers of Jesus, so many of us are like, nope, not gonna do that. That's not me. I don't know what to say. What happens if it gets weird when I start to have a conversation? What if somebody actually asks me, where is that in the Bible? I'm just gonna be like, I don't know where it is in the Bible. Then I'm gonna look stupid, so I'm not gonna really talk about Jesus because that's what I'm gonna do is, Eric, you talk about Jesus. I'm not gonna talk about him. And some of you are like introverted, and so the idea of having a conversation about your faith, your palms are already sweaty right now. Like you're literally nervous. And, and it does, it freaks so many of us out, this idea of sharing our faith. That I was thinking this week, I'm like, I fear far too many of us, people who love Jesus, who really do love those that are far from God, have decided because of the picture we have of what an evangelist is, we've decided that's just not me. I'm not cut out for that sort of thing. But for those of you that take that position, I just, I wanna remind you what Jesus says to all of us that are followers of Jesus, of him. Matthew 28 reads this way. Jesus says, so it came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth, it's been given to me. Therefore, so he's like, look, I'm telling you what I want you to go do. This authority, it's been given to me, now I'm gonna give you instructions. So if you're a follower of mine, here are your instructions. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Listen, Heartland, this Christmas, we have to learn how to insert evangelism into every single one of our vocabularies. All of us. And if you have a picture of evangelism that maybe doesn't square with your personality, here's the good news. I'm gonna give you three simple phrases today. Three simple phrases that I don't care how you're wired, that if you take seriously these three words, you can go and do what God has asked you to do. You can get in on all of this great work. You can be a part of seeing someone's life be transformed. You don't have to be a good public speaker. You don't have to be a biblical scholar or a theologian. Three simple words. Connect, expect, be ready. Now, let me say this. If you come in here and you're like, man, I just was like showing up to church. I, for, I'm not even sure I'm a Christian. I, 
awesome. This is a family talk, but I want you to sort of know like what we're about. And what, so the, I can't think of a better time. If you're like, you're like haven't made a, a decision in faith and you're, you don't consider yourself particularly religious, this is a perfect service because this is kind of like who we are or who we hope to be as a church. So let me start with this. Connect, expect, connect, expect, and be ready. So say connect. Say it one more time. Okay, this is really simple. The first step in you becoming what God had in mind when, it ta- when he talks about Matthew 28 is learning how to connect. And, and I sort of just phrase it this way, intentionally connecting with another human being. That's it. Now here's what I know. No matter what your biblical knowledge base is, no matter how great or ineffective you feel as a communicator, every single one of us has the ability to intentionally connect with another human being, intentionally. Now I was thinking about this because it was probably about five years ago. I looked around and I've been a Christian for like 20 years, since 1995, well that's more than that, that's 25 years, I've been Christian for a long time. I saved when I was 21. I was telling Chrissy, we were sitting around, I'm like, you know, I just realized, like, I don't know anybody who doesn't really go to church anymore. She's like, you don't? I'm like, no, because I feel like I made all these relationships, and then many of them have come to faith in Christ, and so now I look around, and I I know a bunch of Christians. She's like, well, what are you going to do about that? I'm like, I don't know. What do you think I should do about that? She's like, make some new friends. I was like, that's a good idea. How do I do that? She's like, I'm not sure. Well, it was funny because within two weeks, literally two weeks, I get a phone call from an old college roommate. Alex had been in Denver for a long time, and and of course, I had been living in Denver for five years, and he had a softball team that met on Thursday nights. Alex somehow got my number. We literally hadn't connected in years, but he randomly called me out of the blue and said, hey, dude, hey, man. I remember you being a pretty good softball player and we got a hole in the lineup. I'm like, sweet, uh, probably not gonna come out and play. Like that's what went through my head because A, going out on a Thursday night and playing softball honestly didn't sound very much fun and B, literally my arm is so shot from playing baseball throughout college that I can't even throw a softball to the infield from the outfield. I'm like, I'm literally worthless. But I was about to say no, and Chrissy was standing next to me, and she was like glaring at me like, you know, an unapproving mom might when you do something wrong. And I was like, hey, hold on, dude. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm not going to go play softball. She's like, didn't we just have this conversation two weeks ago? I'm like, what conversation? About making some new friends? I was like, yeah, but I don't want to go play softball. She goes, you're going to go play softball. I'm like, I'm not playing softball. She's like, you're gonna go play softball and make some new friends. And I was like, fine, I'll go play softball. So I hung up, I picked up the phone, went, all right, Alex, I'll be there. Showed up, softball game. And of course, this is all middle-aged guys like me who honestly, they don't care much about softball. The reality is they get around and mostly this is about socializing, having a few drinks before they get on the field, which doesn't make softball very competitive, I've learned. But I showed up and... Um, I realized pretty quickly that probably a lot of these guys don't consider themselves particularly religious, and my guess was, I bet a lot of them haven't been to church in years. I'm like, this is my group. God just intentionally, this is my group. I need to intentionally be a part of this group. 
So for the next three years, I asked Alex after the game, I'm like, hey, dude, would it be cool if I like, um, kept playing with y'all? And he's like, yeah, dude, show up. So for the next three years, I just kept showing up and playing softball, hanging out and playing softball. And over time, people began to find out that um, I was a pastor, which was very shocking to most of the guys that were there, right? They're like, wait, you do what? I'm like, yeah, I'm a pastor. I work at a church. Well, what that led to is literally by probably by the second year I was there, a revolving door of conversations that tended to be focused at the end of the game when, you know, we were all finished, I would get one of these, hey, Parks, come here. Yeah, dude. Hey, man, um, so, like, some stuff's going on with my marriage. Okay. Well, could you, like, help me understand what I'm supposed to do? I'm like, I'm a pastor, not a magician, you know? And he's like, this is the conversations over and over and over. And all because, at one point, my wife reminded me that it's as simple as intentionally connecting with a human. You see, my guess is like if you were to just be straight with yourself right now and you were to make a list, I bet that you could make a list of at least three people right this minute who maybe don't have much relationship with God right now. That for whatever reason, don't feel much connection to Jesus in this season. And the truth is, like, intentionally connecting with that person because you know them isn't all that hard. It's just intentional. It's you reaching out, shooting an email, maybe a text, saying, hey, I'm going to grab coffee, go to lunch. See, every single one of you can do that. Every single one of us can do this. It is the very first step in being an evangelist. It's just intentionally reaching out and connecting with someone. And it leads to step two. Intentional connection is something every single one of us can do. Second thing we can do is once we intentionally connect, I like to use the word expect. Say expect. Expect. Now expect. This is interesting because I think if you think about your day, I bet your day looks a lot like mine. Where your day is a rhythm of autopilot actions that you've just trained yourself through. My day looks pretty much like every day. I get up at a particular time. I go, I read my Bible at a particular time. I might thumb through whatever book I'm reading. Then I go to news. Then I have some coffee. Then I get up. I get another cup of coffee. I drive to work. I do my work stuff. The reality is we do this all the time. We have these rhythms, these patterns that all of us live in. And one of the greatest challenges that I've found when it comes to relationships is that too often, many of us don't expect anything meaningful to happen in the interactions that are going on every single day. Like some of us are great at connecting with people, but we really don't expect anything to happen. Well, we certainly don't expect that God's actually gonna show up and do anything in any particular moment. And because of this, I'm learning that we miss opportunities with relationships because we just don't expect much to happen. And when you don't expect much to happen, you sometimes miss what's happening. 
I was thinking about this book. I've, I've used this phrase before, or I've used this story. It's because of the story, it's not mine. It was a story, like a, this idea about how do we begin to learn to see where God's at work. John Ortberg, son of Rockford, was taught here a bunch, used this analogy that for me just stuck in my head. The importance of us to begin to train our eye to expect God to be at work is, 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 is really tied well through to the analogy of the book Where's Waldo? You know what where, Where's Waldo? It's a book that sold like 40 million copies and it's a kind of an interesting little deal. It's Martin Hanford wrote this book or drew this book and he placed Waldo in these scenes, these different scenes with all these people. And the whole book is about finding Waldo in any particular page. But if you've ever looked at a Where's Waldo book and your eye's not trained on finding Waldo, it's kind of hard. It's really challenging. Likewise, if you stare at Where's Waldo books and you've thumbed through them a few times like children do, they become really good at finding Waldo. I mean, really good. My kids could open up any Where's Waldo book to a page and find Waldo what, in what seemed like 15 seconds. And I think there's a learning in that for us. There's something that happens to us when we begin to expect God to be at work in the relationships that we're building. Like, when we begin to expect to see him on the pages of our life, what starts happening is we start seeing him. It's not enough just for us to intentionally connect with other people. We have to start to expect that in that connection that God's gonna do something. That he's going to work. You ever... You ever heard a sports star talk about visualization? This idea where you visualize what's gonna happen next. Jordan used to do this, talked about it in that documentary that they recently re released on ESPN. It's just a simple concept of visualizing in your mind's eye what's going to happen when you step foot on the basketball court. Well, I think it works sort of like that when it comes to our relationship. This is being expected, where we sort of visualize God at work and how we might respond. I just, I don't want to get through my relational life and be like Jacob in Genesis 28, 16 when it said that he awoke from sleep and he thought to himself, surely the Lord was in this place and I wasn't even aware of it. Because he is at work in relationships you have right now, you just may not be aware of it. Lamentations 3.25 says it this way. It says, the Lord is good to those who wait hopefully and expectant for him. Now those two things seem pretty simple, don't they? Intentionally connecting with people you know and then in those relationships with people you already have, expecting God to be at work. And it leads to the third step. Listen, that anybody can do, that all of us can do. And it's to be ready. Be ready to play your part. Now let me be clear. You need to be you. You don't have to be me. You don't have to be like your wife or your buddy. You just need to play your part. That's unique to you and the relationship that you've built with that person. 
Like when we walk into relationships and we intentionally build and then we expect that God's gonna show up in this relationship at some point, at some time, and all I have to do is be ready to be me in that moment, this is evangelism. That's it. I, I pray this prayer often. I pray this prayer on a regular basis with the relationships that I have. I say, God, I will obey your promptings in every conversation as best I can, every interaction, whenever, in a parking lot in Walmart. God, just open the door. That's it. And look, I don't know what God's gonna do with the relationships you've built, but I know this, that many of you in this space you're, you found faith because somebody had relationship with you. It, it, at least that's true of my story. I got saved on January 1st, 1995. And I did inside a church. But the truth is, the only reason I got to that church is because somebody made an intentional connection with me, reached out to me as a friend. And then they were honestly, expecting God to do something in my life. And when the time came, they just extended an invitation to me and I showed up. And in that moment, God changed my whole life. Like everything. And I don't know what God's gonna ask you to do in the relationships. It's not gonna be forced. It'll feel very consistent with who you are and the relationships you've built. But if we're not ready to play our part, we might miss opportunities to see people's lives be transformed in some amazing ways. See, so your job, Heartland, connect, expect, and be ready. At work, at school, in your neighborhood, on your basketball or softball teams, in one of your classes, to just be ready. And that's it. You don't need a Bible degree. You, you, don't, you may feel very unprepared. Okay. You just have to connect, expect, and be ready. That's it. See, every single one of us can do this. And yet I know, I know this is true, that it can still be somewhat nerve-wracking. Right? Because you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that girl. You don't want to turn anybody off. The reality is, if we have that posture, I'm just going to build into someone. I'm going to expect God to do his thing. And when he opens a door for me, I'm just going to walk through it. You know what it's going to feel? It's going to feel like butter. It's going to feel like butter. And I know sometimes when you're thinking about it by yourself and you're thinking about it in this moment, you're like, man, I don't know if, you can, if I can do it. But here's the great news. You're, you're never alone. Like any time you step towards building a relationship with someone, expecting God to do something in their lives, and then you play your part, Jesus is always with you. And if you have a little bit like you're a little nervous about it, you're in good company. L look what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 6, 19, when he says, don't forget to pray for me. He's like, pray for me. He's talking to the church of Ephesus. Pray that I'll know what to say and have the courage to say it at the right time. Doesn't that feel like what all of us pray when it comes to these important relationships that we want to see God intervene? You know, the reality is, I bet you 
A lot of you in the last few months have gotten all kinds of calls that you didn't expect because this pandemic has caused all kinds of stuff that we just couldn't have expected. Conversations. I mean, it happened to me just this week. Random. And I know you've had these moments. An intentional relationship that I care deeply about on a random phone call that had nothing to do with anything. It was supposed to be a five-minute call, and it turned into a 45-minute talk of absolute depths of stuff that's going on with their family, parent, pain. And at one point, this fella said to me, whoa, I did not expect to share that with you. That's, that's the template, right? To connect, to expect, and to be ready. Ready to take a risk, ready to make an ask, ready to go to a hospital, to listen, to help, to reach out, and just hold somebody's hand, not say anything. This is the way of Jesus. And it has to be the way of us too. As followers of his, you can't take a pass on evangelism. Now, if you've got a negative picture of it, wipe that one away and stick in, connect, expect, and be ready because we can all do this and this world needs it. Men, they need some people who care, people who will listen. You don't have to have all the answers. We just have to show up in the lives of people we love. And let me say, as a shameless plug, one of the best times to invite, connect, expect, be ready is at Christmas. I mean, it's why we do all these Christmas services, right? It's easy. You're coming around, so we're starting to build trust. You know, I'm not going to do anything too nutty or fruity, right? That's why we take seriously not only the stuff we do on this platform, but the stuff that we put online, because we know many of you have friends who need to hear this message in this season. And some people can't come in this room. They're not ready to come in this room. That's cool. So this is really like one of those low-hanging fruit moments where maybe that person, it's just a simple invitation to be like, hey, check it out. My church is going to be doing these online experiences. Music's pretty cool. It's going to be a great message of hope in a season that needs it. You ought to check it out. Maybe you make the invitation and they're comfortable sitting in this space. And you're like, well, if... If you want to come, I'll come with you and we'll hang out. Maybe for some of you, it's like, man, they're never going to go to a church. But they would donate to some of this like stuff we're doing in the community. Buy some Christmas presents. Show up on the 19th this weekend and wrap some things. Great. Look, we believe in this thing because so many of us have had our lives fundamentally changed because of Jesus. And I think all of us feel kind of cool about, hey, I think if you knew Jesus, your life would be better for it. Connect, expect, and be ready. It's it. You can do this. We all can do this. We all can do it. And maybe you kickstarted with using Heartland Christmas as a way to begin to move these relationships 
into intentional territory. Either way, know this, that Jesus will show you the way in your relational world. When you take a you take a step and you expect God's spirit to lead you and you connect with those who are right in front of you and you're ready to extend an invitation, extend a conversation, he's gonna do the rest. You don't have to save anybody. That's his job. We could do this. And I'm telling you, it's gonna change people's trajectory and you'll get to play a role in that. Why do we take time to have this conversation? Because one, Jesus is pretty clear in Matthew 28 that we all get in on this. But two, because I wouldn't be here if somebody didn't do that for me. Somebody did it for me. There's a whole lot of me's in this world. And when God opens the door, it will be right. Even if three days before that moment, it just couldn't be imaginable. I think about it all the time. If that person wouldn't extend an invitation, if they would have looked at my life and based it on what they saw, they would have been like, yeah, there's no way this kid's gonna come to church. He's not interested in this stuff. I saw what he was doing like two weekends ago at the University of Kansas in Lawrence. He's not gonna show up at church. And this is how God works, right? He uses this right moment, this pivotal circumstance. And this person just says, hey, I don't know what you're doing on Sunday. You wanna come to church? And I was like, yeah, I guess I, sure. Yeah, sure. In the middle of a sermon, God spoke to me. It changed my life. Will you be his hands and feet this Christmas season? Will you step out and watch what happens? God, I pray that you would give us courage as a church to extend invitations on your behalf. Help us know that we don't have to be special, have a particular gift set. We don't need to be eloquent with our words or somehow have a theology degree in order to get on on helping people come to know you. We just have to connect, expect, and be ready. Open doors for us, Father, and we'll walk through them. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Well, listen, um, we, we have these services that are rolling out. You see them on the side screens. We have the online experience that will roll in those, all of those times, and we'll be doing some in person. Um, this is first come, first serve, no registration. So um, just be aware of that. And then secondly, let me say this, way to go on the toy drive, but we're not done. We're not done. This is the last day. So if you haven't gotten in on the toy drive, on what we're doing for Operation Snowflake Shop, get in on it. It's your last chance. And you can still go online to heartland.cc backslash backslash snowflake, and you can still give, you can get a toy and get it here. But the reason why we need it here is because we're gonna be wrapping toys this Saturday. And if you're like, oh man, I'd like to show up at St. Elizabeth's and wrap toys, go online, sign up. I'm gonna be there. I gotta deliver donuts to my little nieces, but right after I had to deliver my Saturday morning donuts, I'm showing up to wrap some gifts. And so if you wanna show up that way, awesome. Either way, this is a season for evangelism. It is, and you can be a part of it. Thanks, Harlan. I love you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. 
Grace and peace to you guys. You've been listening to Pastor Eric Parks with part two of the series, This is Christmas? You can experience the service this message came from by going to heartland.cc and clicking on the watch page. Or go to our YouTube channel at Heartland CC Rockford. You can also watch it on the Heartland CC app. Thanks for listening.